Count it down. Five, four, three, two, one. Hi, I'm Ruby. And I'm Cody. And and this is, is the, swirl. the swirl. Yeah, I don't know. We never did that wow. right. Wow. <laughs> My nipples are inappropriately present in this shirt. Oh, I apologize. Did you notice that I have only I'm, we we're doing the video chat right, so you can only see like above because I'm not wearing a bra and ain't nobody oh. needs to see that this early in the morning. It's, um, it wouldn't be the first time me seeing you that way. <laughs> listen, it's, it's my gift to the world, y'all. It's my gift to the world. So, what do we have this week, Ruby? Are we going to kick off the show with new tales about your vagine? <laughs> Your intestines or your tear ducts. It's been a moving target on your body from week to week. Where are we going today? Listen, my body is so much about who I am. It's a big part of my identity. Think about who you are without your body. In yoga, we think about our bodies all the time, and we try to think about non-attachment to our bodies, but our bodies are the container for our soul here on Earth, so we have to deal with it, yo. But speaking of bodies, you sent me this amazing hashtag uh hashtag they said and it's about the things that people say to women specifically right but i think everyone right we've all had these comments um about their bodies um their whole lives like even when they were they're little and just these off things that they're really hurtful and harmful i want to know what your thoughts were about that because i think it's really powerful when women um and people share online about their own experiences and how it affects them Absolutely. It was this woman named Sally Bergenson, who is the CEO of like a athletic company. And she started this hashtag called they said and her post was, quote, keep eating like that and you're going to be a butterball. And the person who said that to her wasn't a person on the playground. It was her father when she was 12. So when you think about just how emotionally fragile you are at that age as your body's going through changes and you're, you have this constant reminder um, when you're going to school or to a playground or to any sort of public activity that you look completely different than your peers. And so you're already beating yourself up. And then on top of it, you have the person who is supposed to be protecting you doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. I remember when I was a kid, my parents who had really bad eating habits and poor, you know, dietary choices, they were responsible for the food that entered my body. Yeah, And then they would say to me, you need to go on a diet. You're getting too big. Or, you know, and it was just like, but that wasn't, at all uh, under my control. So it was very, it was really great to see the people who wrote in and started sharing their stories. Like there was this one person um, at a la juice who said, my father nicknamed me Chubbub when I was eight. My sister's nickname was princess. Oh, and, oh my God. You know, so you're, so not only are you kind of seeing how this like verbal abuse forms, but you're also sort of seeing like family dynamics at play. Uh, yeah. Uh, my story but- involves my grandfather who is, is never and has never, aside from being a young man who played a lot of football, has never been as long as I can remember fit in any sense of the word. In fact, when I found out what the word obese and morbidly obese meant, that's my grandfather, okay? Like, we're talking he was a big dude. He's still a big dude. And he loves 
to eat. And I think a big part of my passion for eating and traveling and, you know, like treating myself with food comes from watching at my, the behaviors of my grandfather. And my grandfather at the age of 14 for my birthday or, I, or Christmas, I can't remember which, he got me this nice, beautiful, uh, hotel bathrobe. It was mm-hmm. a present and it was one of those where you could put initials or a name on it. And monogram? my monogram was WB for wide butt. Stop I it. swear to God. And I don't have it anymore. At one point, I decided to, like, let that go. But Did you burn it? I don't know what happened to it. I might have just been Did hanging. Did you block that out? No. <laughs> but that, like, and that's, that's like, one example. Um, wow. And, and so, and, and so that's one. And, and I, um, I'm the oldest of the grandchildren. I also was the um, first girl. So it was me and my brother for 10 years before my, um, my next set of cousins and grandbabies came along. And so I did everything first and my aunts and uncles. So this is another great story. And this isn't even about like, whatever. So I remember being, I don't know, like, I want to say a sophomore in high school, I had just kind of like, finally lost the baby fat. I was into running. I was probably into disordered eating and orthorexia at the time. But that's another story for another time. Sure. But I didn't look bad. I, I mean, or like bad as society would label it as bad. And I remember I was, I put on, um, those string bikinis where it's the triangles over your boobs and like the mm-hmm. little ties. And my uncles acted like I was standing in front of them naked. Like they were like completely horrified and, and made no, um, secret about the fact that my body made them cringe or Like, it was not a comfortable situation for them. And so instead of being like, we should not say anything, she's a young girl, and what we say will forever be imprinted upon her brain as what the male reaction is, they were very, very vocal about how uncomfortable my body made them feel. And this is actually really fascinating. You posted this uh, this wonderful Twitter rant of a gay man. Talk to me, tell, explain what it was about, um, how women and modesty is in our culture is very intertwined. Right. But to me, that was my uncles, right? Like my uncles always acted like my body was responsible for their reaction and not their reaction and themselves being responsible for their reaction. So this, uh, this guy, Josh Weed, uh, on Twitter, he had a, a really great thread about uh, how he is a gay man in a heteronormative world, right? So everything happens in the le- lens of being heterosexual. Mm-hmm. And he said, you know, part of this was that he had always been baffled by the quote unquote modesty culture where he couldn't understand how a man can look at a woman and say, uh, I think you should wear something else because seeing your skin makes me feel aroused. Mm-hmm. And then he goes on to talk about how, uh, you know, the reaction is, I, as a man, I haven't figured out how to like handle my arousal or how to manage it. So please change your clothes. And then he goes on to break it down as a gay man that like, well, you know, I'm, I'm a man and I've never seen a man and been like, Oh my God, you're wearing a tank top. I, I'm going to lose my mind. Right. And so he just, he just debunked this sort of idea and he put the onus, you know, by saying that, you know, uh, a woman's worth is static and it doesn't change d- depending on what she wears and it doesn't change with sex. And a man's sexuality is his own responsibility and that mm-hmm. you can't, you can't say to someone else, uh, you know, 
oh, this feeling makes me feel icky, uh, you know, and, uh, you know, and this happens a lot in the world. It's, it's everyone going, I don't like how this thing makes me feel, so you shouldn't do it. And yes. It's like, well, it doesn't, it doesn't work that way. So when we're talking about body positivity or we're talking about sexuality, uh, a lot of it comes down to people not allowing other people to have like the ownness right. for themselves. Well, so you wear, so, you know, what you eat doesn't make other people shit. You wearing that swimsuit. Mind your business. Right, right. And and I think, like, the biggest thing is, like, you can take that idea of, like, okay, if men, um, if men's worth is static, no matter what they're wearing, whether they're mm-hmm. butt naked in the gym, locker room, or on the street in tank top, or running out because it's hot, they have a shirt off. Right. And, or they're in a suit, or they're in a turtleneck, or they're in, um, you know, some other kind of clothes. Their, their worth is static. Women, unfortunately, in our society, that's not the case, right? It's not static, but they, sh- it should be. Well, okay, so somebody's self-value is static, whether they're 400 pounds, or underweight, or black, gay, purple, with purple spikes. Um, and I think you and I both agree on that. I found this really interesting, um, post on Facebook and it was a body positivity from one of the, um, nutritionists that are starting to do intuitive eating as a way to be healthy as opposed to restriction and disordered eating. And it was a blonde, beautiful, like, um, you know, like girl next door, um, thin woman holding a cupcake. And the whole thing was, I'm going to eat this cupcake. Um, but does this, what does this make you feel with, I were fat, would this make you feel differently about me eating this cupcake? If I were somehow not, um, perceived as healthy, would you judge this choice of mine? Is Mm -hmm. it because I'm thin that I'm not going to take the wrath of, from the internet or from strangers about my food choices? Um, and I just think like, there's so many, um, so one of the things that, uh, I came out of yoga teacher training with is that. 90% of the time when people say things, it has more to do with them than it does about you. So they're not really responding to you. They're responding to the way they feel about you. And if you look at situations Mm -hmm. like that, it helps make you take their wrath less personally because it's really not. They're, they're, they're speaking from a place of, pain and themselves. So my grandfather calling me wide butt might have more to do with the fact that he struggled with his weight his whole life than about me being wide or not wide or whatever he wants to say. Um, my uncle's reactions to me wearing a bikini at the pool has less to do about me and my bikini and what I look like than what me in a bikini means to them and me going out into the world in a bikini means to them. Um, and, and so, uh, I think that that's a really important distinction to make. And it, I think it helps you take, and not to say that those things that people say aren't harmful, but if you can get yourself into a space where you, you realize that what they're saying is more about them than you, it, it makes it easier for you to let it go and not have to carry around other people's bullshit for the rest of your life. True that. All right. And on that thought, so we are all reading Gabrielle Sidibe's amazing book, This Is Just My Face. Try not to stare. Look at that, I remembered. Look at that Um, read. Nice. But we're already thinking about what our next book club choice is going to be. And Cody and I have both professed our deep and um, unending affection for Roxanne Gay on the podcast. And Roxanne Gay has a brand new book out called Hunger. And she's in the process of promoting this book. This book is about being obese. It's about living in the world as a person who is larger and how that 
what that experience is like and what had got her to that place. And the book is really powerful. It's Roxanne. So I'm sure it is. It's amazing. We haven't started reading it yet, but Roxanne Gay recently um, tweeted that she could write a book about the experience of writing this book because it's a, it's kind of a, a laying her soul bare about her body politic and she's gotten really nasty. Um, and, uh, judgmental and people who think they're being cheeky or funny about her weight when they're promoting her interviews with her. And, um, it's been really hurtful and harmful. And, um, so I'm really interested as we discuss the book, um, you know, later in the summer, beginning of fall, um, to talk to Cody about it. Hey, so get hunger. If you've zoomed through Gabby's book, get hunger. Cause that's our next pick. Woo. All right. Well, when we return, we'll have this week's Here For It, a really ridiculous Q&A. <laughs> and Ruby's got the good word. Stay tuned. Woo! We're and back. we're back. <laughs> Ruby, tell me what you're here for this week. Oh my gosh. So, Cody, you know that the new Ken dolls were just announced this past week, and um, there's been a lot of buzz about them. One has a man bun, they look really modern, they're multicultural, they're really pretty. Well, um, Twitter immediately noticed that basically these Ken dolls are lesbians. And so um, there's this wonderful article, which we're going to post um, on Audio Straddle, where there are 75, not just the new Ken dolls, but old school, like 1980s and 50s style Ken dolls, ranked um, by their lesbianism. Oh so my god, like, this one looks like Bruce Jenner from 2010. Exactly, right? Okay, so one of my, some of my favorites, okay, um, will you proceed, uh, you have it open, so will mm-hmm. you proceed to, okay, hold on, where is it? It Number 62, Ken Model 15. Okay, I am... May oh, says... You said 62, Ken Model yeah. 16? It's a lot of Kens. Yeah, it's a lot of Kens. I, I, oh my, when was that Ken? I love it. I date Did that her. say Jenny Schechter from the L word? <laughs> yes! It says she looks like someone Jenny Schechter would have dated for an episode or two. That was the sexually confused <laughs> character from the L word. All right, number 57, Dance Magic Ken. Is that Hammer? <laughs> You'll never outdress her. Everybody stop trying. I mean, it legitimately is a black Ken with a Steve Harvey three-piece suit on. <laughs> being lesbians it's even better okay number 50 that's true i've dated beach time ken with the uh fishnet <laughs> tank top on did you see what it says did you see beach the- time yes. ken has had a really intense summer exclamation <laughs> point ex- okay by far my favorite definitely got addicted to meth go ahead number 55 the next one so that's like the mesh cutoff t-shirt <laughs> with a really high waist and it goes, girl, that mesh top Ken is a go-go dancer at, at Hot Rabbit, but doesn't like to talk about it. Sun Sensation Ken has definitely been awake for th- at least 36 hours and is just running on cocaine and glitter. <laughs> this is a great summary. <laughs> Seriously, you we're going to post this article. It brought me so much joy during a week that was not full of joy. And um, I really just love looking at these Ken dolls and being like, wow, they really do look like lesbians. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm loving that. Thank you for sharing that with me because that is all kinds of adorable and ridiculous. Yes, I love it. Okay. So my here for it this week, it's the trifecta of 
female awesomeness that is Gal Gadot, Patty Jenkins, and the movie Wonder Woman. <gasps> I haven't seen it! Is you it need to see it. I was, <laughs> I was midway through it, and I looked over at one of my best friends, and I said, I want every woman in America to see this movie. <gasps> and I still feel that way. Okay. I watched Wonder Woman on opening weekend with skepticism, and Gal Gadot and Patty Jenkins exceeded every expectation I had for a franchise that has existed for, like, 70 years. Amazing. So much so that weeks later, I'm still thinking about how entertaining and moving it was. Um, my friends are still calling me to talk about it, and these aren't female friends. These are male friends. Um, even better, uh, the stories of women enjoying it and needing the validation of the movie has meant a lot to me. The movie had uh, a moral compass that touched me, and it really highlights a woman who doesn't want war, but has been trained her whole life to get ready for it. Uh. And, and we are in this like really dark time, and people really relish anti-heroes and snark. And it was just really nice to have a fictional character and director remind us that we don't have to be cynical or afraid of being corny, and that it's okay to have heart. And specifically Patty Jenkins, who everyone was like, I don't know if a woman should direct a movie that has action, reminded us that it's okay to have those things, to to be true to yourself and to have heart. And I just, I love every bit of it. And uh, I actually would love to see it again. Oh, well. You have to go see it. Maybe for my birthday, we'll Perhaps. do a little Wonder Woman. I saw a great tweet about that. It was like something along the lines of, I just left the theater watch from watching Wonder Woman, and I feel like I'm going to take over the world. No wonder white men think that they're like the best, most amazing things ever, because every comic book movie is about white dudes who are superheroes. Yeah. And so to have a superhero... I could see a woman leaving and feeling like a rocket has been strapped to her back. Oh, and well, then I'm of, nervous. One of the warriors is Robin Wright Penn, and <gasps> I, I already know. love her from the jump. So it was, <laughs> it was just, you know, and I guess you know, women are watching a movie about this this island that no men have ever come into. <laughs> and they're just like that would be, and it was so peaceful. And then the men come, and then it's not peaceful anymore. <laughs> and you're like, this is actually quite apropos. Well, if Wonder Woman made you feel that way, I cannot imagine what I'm gonna have to do to sedate you after Black Panther. Oh my <laughs> like, gosh! Like, you're gonna be like running, like you're gonna shoot off into the, the atmosphere. I think. What did the trailer? I was gonna say, what is the trailer? <laughs> The trailer for Black Panther had me ready to, like, get a daishiki and try to grow my hair out. I was just like, where can I get a fake afro? Why has my hand been in an upright fist for a week now? I really, okay, listen, I really want to go see it. Have you seen Forrest Gump? Yes. Okay, I really want to go see it, but I feel like when I go, I really want to go, like, to a theater that's going to be mostly black people, because I want to be, like, the Forrest Gump thing where he's like, sorry, I ruined your Black Panther party. (laughs) (laughs) Well, last weekend, my family was here for Father's Day. I sent my mom and my dad to a concert, like, a date night. Oh, cool. So we're trying to, like, entertain my my six-year-old niece and we went to go see captain underpants which was really cute but again if i didn't have a child in my life i would never see any of these movies that i'm seeing nowadays so we're going to uh walk into the theater for captain underpants as the tupac biopic all eyes are me are letting out and it was (laughs) 
6 o'clock in the evening, and it were people dressed up like they were going to a nightclub, and I wrote, like, we leave and, like, Hail Mary's playing. Like, one, one of, like, the the best, like, Tupac songs that you want to, like, ride a car to right. and, like... And maybe smoke a spliff if you're into that yeah, kind of thing. Yeah. And I just see people coming out and they're all like giving each other the soul brother handshake. And they're like, oh. <laughs> everybody's just like, you would think it was, you would think it was like the Freaknik in Atlanta in the <laughs> early 90s. Like, I was like, where are the motorcycles at? Everybody's just having a good time. People yeah. were getting numb. I was like, this is a, is that, was that a concert? My, me and my sister looked at each other like, if this baby wasn't here. Right? <laughs> we but would be but that this. stuff is like, just seriously, like that is so important. Rep- representation uh, yeah. in media and being like given the cultural touchstones is so important. We- and for female, female representation too. Right. I, again, I remember my my niece seeing Star Wars two years ago, and all of a sudden, she had on Star Wars gear, she had the lightsaber, and in her mind, she then could be a part of that world. And Mm -hmm. I'm thinking about how many women from 1978 on watched the Star Wars movies and were just like, I could be Princess Leia in in like that swimsuit. Yeah. (laughs) You know, it's, it's, so it does. It absolutely matters. So go see Wonder Woman. All right, and All right. read about Ken Dolls as lesbians. I like this. We, we're emasculating Ken, and <gasps> we're making women warriors. The world feels imbalanced. We're definitely in our groove. This is for sure the Ruby Cody groove. <laughs> All right, y'all. We'll be back in just a second with this week's Q&A. Hey. hey. Yeah. You're so good at that. Thanks. You might actually be the last woman to ever say that to me. And we're back. We're back. Ruby, are you ready for a ridiculous Q&A? See, this is, again, I get nervous when you say it's ridiculous, because your normal Q&As are ridiculous, so this must be, like, cray. Okay. Well, I don't know what's more ridiculous. So, every to the listeners, we go through the Q&A grab bag, and we kind of pick things, but you'll find that, depending on the week, like, who is doing the Q&A, it's probably because it's, like, our sensibilities, right? So I can relate to this crazy and I'll explain to you in just a second. All right, right. go for it. My body is ready. My body is ready. This week's Q&A comes from Family Matters. And it reads, I'm a 24-year-old straight guy in a confusing situation. My older sister proclaimed herself to be lesbian for many years before meeting a man and eloping suddenly. Before her coming out as straight, she dated a girl throughout college. The girl she dated identifies as being bisexual. Now, we've always had a great rapport and connection during family holidays and stuff, and we recently started hanging out more regularly, going to shows and things like that. I think I've always had a little crush on her, but I didn't pay it much attention because she was in a relationship with my sister, and my sister and her ex are still on good terms. I... (laughs) Okay. Your face right now. I'm I don't think doing the math in my head. Go ahead. I don't think it's as creepy as it seems, and we are young enough that there aren't any kids involved. I think she's waiting for me to make the first move, but do you think it's wrong to pursue this? Signed, Family Matters. Okay, so whoa, whoa, whoa. So the Bidens, right? The Bidens yeah. just had yes. something like this happen where Bo Biden passed away of cancer. 
And his younger brother, Hunter, divorced his wife to marry Bo by his older brother's wife, right? Yeah. Right? So this this exists this exists in the Bible, actually. It's in do I had to go do some research. Oh my god. You guys, Cody (laughs) Cody went to the Bible (laughs) for this week's QA. I just just wanna like let's put the sign post. (laughs) Let's acknowledge what just was said. It didn't it didn't burst into flames when I opened it. Okay, uh, but that the was Bible. the biggest surprise. So Deuteronomy Deuteronomy twenty five five says, if brothers are living together and one of them dies without a son, his widow must not marry outside of the family. Her husband's brother shall take her and marry her and fulfill the duty of a brother in law to her. Me- <sighs> I so, mean, this is like a this is actually a thing. You mentioned the Bidens. But it's it's a situation called a levirate marriage. So it's a type of marriage in which the brother of a deceased man is a, is obligated to marry his, his brother's widow, and the widow is obligated to marry her deceased husband's brother. Um, so the idea of it was, quote-unquote, at its most positive, it serves as a protection for the widow and her children, ensuring that they have a male provider and protector. It's very old school. Okay, so... But I think what happens a lot of times in... Pardon, sorry to interrupt No, you're okay. I think what happens uh, oftentimes... Like, I didn't know that the, until the Biden situation of how common this was. And I think what happens is there's, a, like, a shared connection and I think also, like, a grief. I've never been in grieving and been like, I need to hump somebody. Well. I I mean, <laughs> don't, don't knock it till you try it. But I, I don't know that... I, okay, so I have a confession to make. Uh huh. The first person I ever lost my virginity to uh-huh. was my sis, my sister's first boyfriend. Oh. Okay, so there. Well. <laughs> it's it's kind of bizarre because they they quote unquote dated when they were in the like seventh or eighth grade, which is so not that, really dating. So at that eight, like, so it's a fun. Like I wrote about it in my book. Like it's a funny story for the book. But when you unpack it, it's not really that deep. Like they held hands, right. they wrote each they wrote each other notes. I think they had phone calls. Yeah. But they never they there no no uglies bumped. Does she know? Yeah. Yeah. I told and is her. Is she okay with it? She does she doesn't care. I mean, okay. Yeah, well see, it's okay. This is so so here's so right here's It's my just thing. it's again, it's just something scandalous from my book. Go right. Ahead. Which, but it's not even that, okay, so it's not even like that, I mean, maybe I'm just not judging. That's not scandalous right. to me. Okay, so, um, the, <laughs> I'm like trying to think of how I want to start this. Okay, I dated, in college, I dated a brother, a man, who okay. had a younger brother. A, br- a brother, like a black guy? No, no, no. <laughs> well, I did, I did date a lot of those too, so no judgment. But, um, yeah, seriously, my mom thought for sure I was going to marry a Jewish boy or a black guy, but it didn't happen. I don't know why. I was open to the possibility. I wanted some, uh, some beautiful babies. Anyway, um, I dated a man who had a younger brother, and when this man broke my heart and dumped me, I ended up meeting his brother and dating his brother. Um, Okay. And nothing, like... It was kind of weird. They were kind of competitive with each other, whatever. But it wasn't, like, super scandalous. Um, So I guess here's my thing. I think that um, you have to decide, right? You have to decide. Um, So I don't know what your sister feels about the situation. Full stop. If your sister has a lot of issues with this and it would make her upset and it would be detrimental to your relationship with your sister, um, 
And then the next question I would ask you is, how important is your is your relationship with your sister? Is that something you're willing to let go of in order to date this person? Because I'm not saying that, like, blood is thicker than water. I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying you need to decide if in the shifting dynamics of your family politics and in the shifting dynamics of your life, who you want to be around. And that is your choice. And so if this decision is going to cause your sister not to talk to you, that's one thing. If this situ- And that makes you upset, that's one thing. If this is going to cause your sister not to talk to you and you're okay with that, that's another thing entirely. If your sister's cool with it, that's another thing. So I think, like, the She's answer... She's married, right? Right. So to me, the answer is, like, what are you comfortable with? Like, I think what you're asking for is permission to do the thing that you want to do, um, Family Matters. Mm-hmm. And um, so I don't think... Like, I think you need to follow your own moral compass, and I think you need to be okay with what you're choosing, and I think you need to talk to the people involved and decide if you're willing to let go of a relationship if that's what's gonna, with your sister, if that's what it's gonna mean, or if your sister's okay with it, then what the hell are you waiting for? Go for it. Oh, I, I, I appreciate that you mentioned the Biden situation, because what I thought was so interesting when that happened, and, you know, being a person from Delaware, knowing how, how close that family is, uh, which we clearly know now, is um, that that the patriarch, you know, of the family, you know, the uh, Vice President Biden and his wife, Jill, quickly came out and said, we support them. Right. And I think that helped to sort of like quell uh, the the people's like outrage about it. Right. But I, again, I feel like this is probably more common than we know. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, listen, I don't know. I'm in this place where it's like the news on TV is just bumming me the hell out. And I just feel like if you can find a source of joy in your life without hurting other people or um, even if it does in this situation, if other people are uncomfortable, I don't really feel like I mean, like actually hurting other people, like physically yeah. harming other people. Like if you're finding joy in something then I am, like, 100% pro that shit. Because life right now is really hard, and I feel like we're all kind of, like, hunched over, carrying around these burdens from the news, from our lives, from our own personal um, shit that we're trying to shovel out of. And if something makes you happy, there should be... I feel like you should remove all the obstacles you're putting in front of yourself and just do it, dude. Well, the first thing I thought of when I saw this story in our inbox was that sort of idea of crowdsourcing, right? So, like, whenever I meet a friend of my friends, the that person usually has instant credibility with yes, me because... Yes, I was thinking that too! You know, like, I'm like, oh, my friend, my friend is dope. My friend doesn't hang around whack people. So then, you know, I right. instantly like, alright, let me get in here and see if, like, there's something. And in my friend circle, we've been really lucky, uh, I think, for the most part, to not have, you know, any sort of, like, internal fights or people who don't like each other for that same right. reason. Again, I I guess once you get over the squicky aspect of, you know, your body parts being somewhere where, you know, your siblings' body parts were, whatever. But, um. But do you even need to, like, meditate? Like, do you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. I mean, that's that's my only, that's my only, like, 
part where I'm like, eh, that's weird. But other than that, I, I mean, every, every everybody's got a everybody's got a past, and everybody's got a form, you know, a, a previous situation. Okay, babies when they're born naturally come out of vaginas. Like your child comes out of your vagina. So like that's icky. Thank shit you for too. that. But but Lesson. my point is, I follow. My point is that's like, a one time deal. <laughs> right, but breastfeeding. You're not, you're not like, re-entering vagina. Like I don't. Did your my mom didn't breastfeed, but like breastfeeding, like as an adult, your mouth for like months of your life was on your yeah. mother's boob. Like you know, listen. There's lots of things about life that our culture has labeled quote unquote icky, and like as long as you're like you got to be okay. That's my point. You got to be okay with what you're okay with. But you sure. know, like what you're saying is totally true because like I feel as if in this day and age, um, your friends help curate the people your network. Um, and your like your coworkers and people who you respect and like they help curate Truthfully. who you know. Um, and so this is just one of those situations. And then I also think that like there's something about seeing people disarmed and in a real way. Like I'm sure you saw this girlfriend like Christmas morning or the next morning after you know like you got to know this person in a real way that isn't like their best foot forward all the time kind of thing. And I think that there's something about falling in love with the true real person that they let you see because they didn't realize at the time that they had to put on fronts or um, act a certain way. So there's something to that, you know? There's something beautiful about that. that, um, That's not just icky or weird. So, I mean, you do you. You do you. That's what it comes down to. (laughs) Or her. Do her. Hey. But... (laughs) Test drive before you buy, as my dad would say. Oh my god, please, dad. (laughs) (laughs) Now it's time for a little something we like to call the good word. See, I I went to church. You did. uh, Before going to church with you. You did. And you know, um, I'm really excited to share this with you. Um, So, okay, we've talked about, I'm a yoga teacher. And the last couple weeks I've had to sub and I've taught a lot of yoga, okay? And it's been amazing. And I've been sharing um, from this book called You Are Here by Jenny Lawson, who's also known on Twitter as The Blogess. And it's this great book that's a coloring book, a bunch of like reflections on life and funny quotes and funny sayings and it's um just a really cool book and so what i've been doing is reading from it during my yoga yoga classes and um i kind of came to this one and it's really sticking to me and so i've been reading it um quite a bit at almost every yoga class and after i read it um when everyone's done from savasana which is the final resting pose they get up mm-hmm. from their mats and they just say oh my god the dandelion thing so oh. Here it is. This is Jenny Lawson from her book called You Are Here. I always thought I'd like to be a dandelion. Those vivid flowers that bloom in the cracks of sidewalks or abandoned lots. Anything that thrives in such strange broken places holds a special kind of magic. It shines bright and golden for a moment before it withers. But then, when most have given it up for dead... It explodes into an elaborate globe of spiderweb seedlings so fragile that a wind or a wish sends it to pieces. But the falling apart isn't the end. It depends on the falling apart. Its fragility lets it be carried to new places to paint more gold and cracks. I always thought I'd like to be a dandelion, but I think, in a way... I already am. That's awesome. And uh, I've actually really enjoyed her 
her Twitter feed and uh, in the last couple of years here. She's the best. Pretty dope. She follows me, which I'm like, boop. But oh, I don't know. No, she no, look at you flexing on your followers. I am, yo. And like, you, do you ever do the thing like just to wrap up where someone cool follows you and you're like, I will never shit post ever again. Like, I will never say something totally stupid and inane. And like five minutes later, you're like, oops, that was boring. I shouldn't have. Yeah. <laughs> no, there, there are definitely some people on on Twitter who. Uh, who follow me and I'm just like, why? Uh, yeah, but what okay. are you getting out of this experience? Because I'm yeah. sorry. Um, well, with that, you guys can find us on the Twitter feed um, at Step to the Mic is Cody, at Ruby Junkie is me, at Squirrel Podcast is the podcast. And uh, you guys know that the party doesn't end, it just relocates. Woo! Thank you for listening. And thanks Woo! again to our friend Justine, who's helping us on the socials. Send us your QA. Just your clapbacks. I'll, uh, I'll, I'm gonna go and read my Bible now. Oh, no! I think it got me. <laughs> I love Jesus. This little light of <laughs> I'm gonna let it shine. It'll pass. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's just gas, you guys. It's just gas. <laughs> See you next week. Bye! Boop! <laughs>